0: Tonight, a classic finish and everyone's a winner in the Melbourne Cup, unless you back the 23 horses that aren't Al A ding-dong battle in the Four Nations between Malmaninga and Wayne Bennett. David Warner says he'll let his bat do the talking ahead of the first test. And surfing superstar Sally Fitzgibbons is our special guest. What could possibly go wrong? This is the Backpage Live wanted to run around in the
1: baggy green. Want
2: to be on TV shows like this where we can have a laugh. Never, ever give up. They think women aren't strong
0: enough, but we just beat the world. This is a i got passing in the back of the head regularly. It's just unfortunate it was from the coach. G'day, everybody. Welcome to the show. Now, if you've just got home from the cup or a cup day function, sit back, get the gorilla suit off, and enjoy the equine <laughs> ramblings of Kelly Underwood and Robert Craddock. Welcome to you both and two people who know more about racing than Kelly Underwood and Robert Craig. Jules Schiller and James Tuber. That's still them out to a hill of beans. How are you, gentlemen? The yeah, developed print photograph, Tony. Yes, there's <laughs> absolutely so much to get to. Yes, it's the race that stops a nation, takes out its wallet and robs it at gunpoint. Uh, let's take a look at the closing stages. It's Heartbreak City. El Mandan on the outside, that paired down to find it out. Heartbreak City, on the inside, and El Mandan on the outside. El Mandan and Heartbreak City. What a finish to the Melbourne Cup. El Mandon putting his nose in front of Heartbreak City. They hit the line. El Mandon! El won it by a very narrow margin from Heartbreak City.
2: Oh, how lucky am I, mate? It's just the elation's unreal, mate. It's been well prepared by Lloyd, and
0: just a dream race. It's great to be part of it again. to win my second cup. I love these races. I love the Melbourne Cup. Second Cup... But 16 years between wins, which is the longest gap, is one of a number of stories, like feel-good stories. Obviously, Lloyd Williams is another little Aussie battler. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Struggling through, managed it, to get his it, fifth is, win. is there going to be a telly movie made of Lloyd Williams? <laughs> <laughs> number five. A
3: rich guy getting slightly <laughs> richer.
4: I know, it felt like the rich got richer today. I've seen Lloyd Williams, Michael Gadinsky, warney has been on social media saying that he tipped it and oh, Poops, you story. tipped the winner as well. Yeah. So the rich is getting richer. Yeah,
2: absolutely. <laughs> Not everyone's getting rich, though, and I I reckon one of the great stories is Godolphin, like Sheikh Mohammed of Dubai. <laughs> yeah. But but each year the Cup proves that you can buy it and you can't buy it. Like Lloyd Williams, money, he's got there. But Sheikh Mohammed, after 20 years... I was just off the phone to my mates from Flemington and they said, oh, the longest faces down there weren't horses. <laughs> they were the Godolphin <laughs> trainers. And John O'Shea was apparently filthy. You know, he's, he's really upset. So it, it's just great that the Sheikh Mohammed still can't win the Melbourne Cup. Money can't buy everything, Kel. <laughs>
0: What do you
5: element, of the hoops? Well, the other element as well, Tony, is last year we had the fairy tale. Yep. Michelle Payne, Prince of Penzance. This year, it's the antithesis. Like you say, it's a rich guy getting richer. Look, congratulations to Lloyd Williams. He's a brilliant... Horseman, clearly his trainer Robert Hickmet they've got the recipe down to a fine art when it comes to the well, Melbourne doesn't Cup. Doesn't look good too? Yeah. yeah. Sensational shades.
4: 76 mm. year old recluse who has not been to the Melbourne Cup in 20 years and only attended wow. because his son Nick was in hospital, I believe, yesterday. So I actually went out to Macedon Lodge four years ago when he, what was it, four years ago? I think I'm right. In saying um, Green Moon the day mm. after yes. and him talking about, you know, they invited the media in and how he just sat on his couch and watched it and enjoyed it and he had no. Desire to return to the track.
0: Well, he certainly Amazing did to see him back. Uh, he, looked, he looked terrific. But you can imagine, obviously, how devastated the owners of Heartbreak City, the horse that uh, ran second, were. They were this devastated. Second. second. Oh, oh, take that you Who oh, take oh, Who <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 wants <laughs> <You finish laughs> <I don't> <laughs>
2: I don't care! <laughs> this is the Melbourne I club. don't care! Cameo. we came <laughs> here! We finished second! We
4: wouldn't be happy with last.
3: Imagine if, if he'd won, won. Nip- <laughs> Nip- Nip- he would be pregnant. Or Orgy would have broken up. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Unbelievable. I actually
4: did a little bit of research today, Crash. So Heartbreak City's prize money heading in, $500,000. I know why they're happy. They won $900,000 today for second. Well, the boys interviewed him
2: about an hour ago and, they, and they're sitting there saying, you know what, I'm sort of glad we didn't win. And they said, why
0: is that? He said, because he wouldn't have lasted the night. <laughs> but they said, what are you drinking? And they goes anything that flows. <laughs> <laughs> but It was across the whole camp, wasn't it? The, the name of the
5: jockey on Heartbreak City, uh, Magic, Joe, do you know they call him? Joe Muera, the yeah. magic man, brilliant jockey, has won and conquered the world when it comes to horse racing and riding in, whether it's Hong Kong, Singapore, started off in South America, he's a genius. Well, I love this at the back end, because Kieran McAvoy,
0: as we said, winning the race, it was just such a nice touch after winning. We Have a look at this, there he is, comes across the, lot of the line and immediately gives him the old slap on the back. I, I was on Heartbreak City, I wasn't,
3: I, was, I didn't I think it was a nice touch. I wanted him to to ride it that extra couple of inches. What
4: made you tip a horse called Heartbreak City? Did
0: you see the owners? (laughs) 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 You want to get on it. It was a nice touch, though, to have last year's winning jockey Michelle Payne alongside gold medalist Chloe Esposito bringing the cup to the mounting yard. A little bit sad, of course, that uh, Michelle has been hanging around in the same gear for the last 12 and months. Since she <laughs> that. <laughs> there, she, that, was, that was nice, wasn't it? Well,
4: and it was a nice touch, obviously, that Kieran McAvoy, her brother-in-law, is married, obviously, uh, to Michelle's sister and heavily pregnant with her fourth child, um, expected, I think, next week. But it sort of kept it in the pain family to some extent. I would love nothing more, Crash, than to see her get the opportunity to go back to back. I think in some respects she's been treated pretty poorly by the racing industry in the last 12 months. What has changed? We sat here 12 months ago on this night and said, wow, the glass ceiling's just exploded and shattered. And uh, 12 months later, not much has changed at all.
2: But race, racing is such a ruthless business. And when she won the Cup, she made a conscious decision to surf the wave. And, and I get that. You know, the publicity, the fame, she was probably only ever going to do it once. I would have done the same thing, but there had to be a cost for it. And that cost was rides. You sort of couldn't do both. You couldn't sort of go to track work and play the star as well. She, she played the star. Good on her. She can certainly return to track work. and, and But... They were sort of mutually exclusive. She couldn't have both worlds.
4: But the talent's still there, surely. Is she good enough to get a Melbourne Cup ride today? She
2: she is, but the competition is so fierce. Mm. To to be honest, guys, I think She had a rough year with injuries
3: as well. She did. I I thought Michelle Payne was a a little overexposed just during the whole carnival, because to me, the woman who put her stamp on the 2015 Melbourne Cup was this one. And uh, this is a challenge uh, kind of <gasps> oh, I like. To see. Oh, you! Oh. What are you doing? <laughs> <That's last year. laughs> that was last year. Well, she spent the last uh, 12 months getting over that.
0: <laughs> it's, a, it's a race rich in tradition, and it's those <laughs> sort of traditions <laughs> that I loved. I was interested, I don't know if you might have noticed this girl, in this bit of fashion on the field. It's the romantic double plastic poncho. Oh. Oh. Yes. What the hell is that about? <laughs> it's Maybe like a giant condom. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not going to work very well with both of them inside it. You right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, kids. <Yes. laughs> Racing is a family affair, he moved on swiftly. No name bigger, of course, than Cummings. And a year on from the great Bart's passing, his grandson, James, became the fourth generation of the family to win the Victoria
5: Derby. This is a a good story, isn't it, Oh, this is the best story of the Spring Carnival, Tony. No question. His great-grandfather Jim back in 1948 crashed with the horse Comic Court. Then, of course, his grandfather Bart won more Melbourne Cups than any other trainer and won five Victorian Derbies in his own right. And his son Anthony has also won a Victorian Derby as well with five and a half star back in 2012. So it really is a magnificent story. I'll tell you what, they'd be hard shoes to follow. Trying to walk in, in Bart Cummings' footprints, that's like trying to follow Bradman into Bart. Well, he, he
3: literally works in Bart's office. I did a story on him for uh, the project, and he, he sits in Bart's chair. He works in his office. He has, you see, the old bottle of port that Bart used to share with, with trainers. So, you know, he, he does live in his world and a lot of pressure, but Absolutely. he's a lovely guy. His wife's lovely. They've just had a, a small child, so it's great to see them doing so well.
0: Yeah, he's on the way. All right, sports people don't always choose their words wisely when they're interviewed after competing. Well, I think jockey Dean Yendel might have put some thought into this response after winning the Maya Classic. Dean Yandel, what, what a thrill, takes out the Maya Classic. Mate, I have got a raging horde right now. It is the best. You are mad. uh, He might uh, need uh, one uh, of those
2: (laughs)
3: ponchos. Floyd Williams said that.
5: (laughs) (laughs) It was interesting
2: because he could... There was an expectation he would get fined for that, but Terry Bailey, the chief steward, who's very hard on the jockeys, but quite maturely he sort of said... It is Hardenham. Stop.
4: Don't say no. any more.
2: But it is Hardenham straight after the race to have a microphone straight there. So it was good stewardship, I thought. He did it deliberately. He
0: said it on I a radio, it on radio interview. A week ago. Like, yeah, it yeah. was deliberate, for sure. Absolutely. All right, look, you don't have to be on horseback, though, to get a bit toey. Uh, have a listen to this veteran Irish trainer.
1: One, congratulations. Oh, great.
0: Thanks very much. It's
1: fantastic. Jesus, unreal.
0: I
2: can't believe it. I can't believe it. I saw,
4: watch, I saw you. I
2: have fucking sex tonight and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and going away uh, uh, hopefully
3: that's, that's live streamed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Alright, so it happens all the time. So sit back, uh, cover the kids' ears and enjoy. How were you able
4: to get them to focus and get this win? They're a bunch of f- They, 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 uh, they fight hard.
5: Just fucked her in first. Gave some gin. <laughs> fk yeah.
3: <laughs> the fans are p***ing and I'm p***ing
0: And the players are p***ing off. There's no p- easy way out of this. Can't feel sorry for ourselves Got to p- buckle it up and get after it. I win all that for our group. P- <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm
3: actually, he's like buzzing. I can p*** this switch. Oh! Louie. Oh, my God.
0: The last two days were p***ing
1: it was it that defence that won the match? Yeah, mate. Yeah, the boys fired right up. Thanks very much, then.
5: Yeah, yeah, we ground them down. That's that was the game plan. Run hard f-
2: Shit.
4: It's okay. To, Just uh, apologise for yeah, that.
2: Sorry, sorry for that. So um, interesting, that. You come across like a nice guy, but you're really a piece of. Sh-? Hey, like, come on, come on. No, that was a
0: piece of. F- you, that was a piece of. Sh-
3: you
5: know, we're doing, we're doing live
0: TV. Oh, I don't care. What are you going to do about it. Thank you for coming in. <laughs> 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 we're on live TV here, so keep yourselves nice. All right, look, I'm trying to get as childishly excited as I usually am about the first cricket test of the summer. I am struggling a little bit. It is Thursday, it is Perth, it is South Africa, who, on paper, look, a terrific matchup for an Australian team, two amazing fast bowling units. That is not so great at the moment. But are you, can you, are you feeling the same thing? Your point's
2: interesting, Tony, and I think there's hundreds of thousands of Australians like you. They just haven't switched on. The Test match announcement for mine was the lowest key, Mm. the build-up to it, in 30 years that I can remember. Like, normally there's crack and snap and crackle and uh, who's in, who's out. It just wasn't there. So I'm a little bit worried about Test cricket. You and I are both great devotees of it. We love it want to continue, but there's a watch on it. It's really
5: struggling. Yeah, I'm excited about the arrival of this South African side, mm. when you've got Dale Stane, Mornay Morkel, and Hashim Alma, all in all in the in the one side. There is reason for genuine excitement, but I think the Aussie side it's lost a little bit of its aura. When Steve Waugh was captain of that team, so much success through the 90s and the early 2000s, and you had Mark Waugh and you had Shane Warne, and Glenn McGrath and all these really staunch characters. When I look at the Australian dressing room now, Crash, and we've seen it in so many of these books that are now being written and have come out recently, there's the no, edge is no, gone.
3: There's no colour. Mm. in str- No-one's hiding in a boot after breaking out with Lara Bingle anymore. no one. <laughs> there's no wines over heads and there's not... I mean, we're reading about all this great... You know, frisson. Yeah. God, did
0: I use that word? I must be drunk.
3: Yeah. <laughs> we we've we, seeing all this colour and all this personality in the past, but we're not experiencing it in yeah, the present. Yeah, but some
0: people are trying to do it and trying to get build-up, obviously, for this test. Dale Steyn's one. It used to be Glenn McGrath, though, and the Aussies, they'd nominate their bunny before the series. It is, of course, South Africa doing it now. And Dale Steyn, here's his theory and Dave Warner's response today.
5: The biggest guys that are going to score runs for them they're looking to is probably Dave... Um... And, and Steve, uh, you know, so if you can kind of cut off the head of the snake, the rest of the body tends to fall sometimes. And if you can, you know, cause a little bit of chaos there, some, sometimes it does have an effect on the rest of the guys.
2: That's the fast bowler talk. Um, we're not going to go into that, not going to entertain those thoughts or scenarios. We're just going to go out there and back ourselves and do what we do best, and that's play positive cricket. Hopefully they do get carried away and start bowling short and, and fast because at the end of the day, you've got to bowl at the stumps to get wickets. But that's, that's well, what Dave was, Warner, the
0: calm, considered yeah. one. Well, well, <laughs> but, but that's what Jules
2: was just saying. It's a fair point. And there's your evidence. Yeah, I mean, positive the, cricket. The, the once, you know, uh, Dave Warner, you know, with a six-gun ready for everything, the system gets us all eventually, mm. doesn't it? Mild man of but the players call him the reverend now because he, he's changed from A to B. He so was the
5: attack dog when it yeah, came yeah. to pledging yeah. He was the man. In but, the Australian yeah, but he's side got a of position of authority. Well, well, now he's vice-captain. Yeah. So, but I've got to love say, Dale
2: Stainer, man. He's the old-fashioned cricketer. He loves stirring the pot. It, the, they tried to get psychologists towards him. He said, nah, they don't want him. The fitness bloke said, oh, you shouldn't be doing these uh, road runs, Dale. I'll handle that, boys and look at him. He's with a strike rate like Dennis Lilly. He's just a great old-fashioned cricketer. Yeah,
0: look, they do have a great bowling attack, and we have a pretty good bowling attack too. They're batting. A.B. de Villiers is obviously not here. He's injured. Apart from emla and Faf du Plessis, they really are light on in the batting department. They're light on their batting. I reckon they'll play four
2: quicks, and there's some lovely stories That Rabada, the black fast bowler, his dad's one of Uh, South Africa's leading brain surgeons. Wow. And, uh, you know, he was brought up in a privileged society, but they took him to the townships and said, see these battlers? This is what you're representing, mate. And he gave him his cricket gear. Like, he's as good a story as there is in cricket.
0: All right, now, Mitchell Stark obviously goes in under Darn. It's all part of the philosophy of resting players. Now, something that apparently doesn't sit too well with selector Rod Marsh.
5: I don't like it. Um, I don't think anyone uh, that's played a lot of cricket likes to think that, you know... You only play half a game. Uh, I hate the thought of um, a first-class match being diluted in any way, shape or form, but it is what it is.
0: Obviously, part of the reason that Mitchell Stark has been rested and only bowled in half of the Shield game was because of that massive injury he has, obviously, on his knee. He says that the knee, structurally, is fine, but still has an open wound on it, which is a bit dodgy going into a Test series. I don't like that. I do not like that. I mean... The selectors, uh, you know, being
2: overruled about a bloke playing in a game a week before the test. And we saw that. We saw Steve Smith saying to Mitchell Stark, mate, like nothing. He a looked bit. frustrated, didn't Mitchell he? He st- looked angry. And he was angry. Mitchell Stark play. wanted to play in the second innings against Queensland. Now, you can't tell me, we're not dealing with 12 year olds here, you can't tell me a senior test bowler doesn't know what sort of workload he needs for a test match. He'll be fine on Thursday because he's Mitchell Stark and he's tremendously gifted. But this system worries me terribly where selectors... I mean, that's a key part of their job, to say, mate, you need work. And
4: it so, says something, doesn't it, that when you've got sort of the, the high-performance people that don't trust the athlete, I mean, that's yeah, where, yeah. you know, you're sort of you're getting into deeper sort of realms of culture and things like that. But if there's no trust there, surely the state-based system, and this has been ongoing for years in Australia, needs to support the national team to some extent, needs to be on the same page.
2: Exactly. And, Kelly, sometimes the athlete... I sat in the next studio interviewing Ian Healy the other day. On the 1991 Tour of the West Indies, doctors said Heals that finger is broken, you cannot tour. Do not tour. He said, I'm touring, I don't care what you say. He toured and he he played brilliantly. Now, Now, today, he would have been gone, perhaps for good. Gave up his spot. So, this is a big issue, Kelly.
0: All right, Joe Manny, of course, is the bolter in this team. Picked ahead of fellow quick Jackson Bird because he bats better. Uh, this seems to be something of a bizarre admission from Rod Marsh, doesn't it, saying that because he holds the bat better than the other potential number 11,
4: he gets the nod. Yeah, I Isn't that we... the best bowler? I could... Call me stupid.
0: You're
2: 100% right. I couldn't believe it. The oh, first person right, I thought about was when Rod's uh, confession went to air somewhere in Sydney... Glenn McGrath, said to his wife Sarah, sweetheart, I played in the right era. I, I wouldn't get a game today.
3: But yeah, that was. Uh, I, you, I you must like... be loving a surname, though, many. I mean, as a journalist, you've got so many puns, many rivers to cross, show <laughs> us your many maker. I mean, did you love
2: that when you've got that surname I, to I play would. with? I would. I would, only I've got a confession to make when I I'm really love it. I can't say it. No, I better not. No, I've
3: got to say it. Well,
2: you beg me saying you must love his name. Well, I got his name wrong. I call him Rennie. (laughs) (laughs) So here's me bagging Rod Marsh, and I should be bagging myself.
0: Remember when you had uh, to wait for a Steve Waugh tour diary if you wanted a cricket book? Well, as you mentioned, those days are long gone. It's just me, or, or there are a slight oversupply of cricket books for Christmas. Here's just some of them, obviously the Michael Clark, the Mark Nicholas there, we've got the Gideon the story, the Jim Maxwell, which is a good read <laughs> I've read, the coach, Darren Lehman. These are all out now, by the way, for Christmas. Dennis Lilly is there. Mitchell Johnson, obviously, is around. Chris <laughs> Bucking the trend, my favourite. Yeah. Brad Haddon, my family's keeper. Brad Holt, oh obviously, my the wrong... me. That is just a small selection of the Australian-only books that are out at the moment. Mm.
4: I did see a good tweet. Uh, it might have been yesterday on social media saying the Australian cricket team has written more books than won tests in the last 12 months, which is a bit of a concern, isn't it?
0: Well, only those writers only get publicity if they agree to bag Michael Clarke, which I think is good as well. There is another one though, the book that I am tipping to be a bestseller. It's just out now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Legless <laughs> Before
0: wicket. It's a terrific read of a young journalist <laughs> travels a with the cricket of Scots team as well. <laughs> that
2: photo was. I used to uh, fall asleep at airports all the time. And I remember when Joey Johns fell asleep at an airport? Yeah. I remember pounding the pulpit on the show saying,
0: that's... I, my fist got to about there and I thought, oops, what about me? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very funny. There is a book, though, genuinely, that jumps out. Uh, have you seen it? This is called the... It's called just Front Foot. Uh, just talk us through that, uh, that book. Yeah, is this, is this a book
5: purely
2: about no balls? It, it is. now. it's about the front foot rule. And, Jules, you've got a copy, haven't you? Yeah. And, and Jules yeah. loves it and so do I. Front <laughs> yeah. foot. The yeah. law that changed cricket. Doug Ackley wrote it. And I. Lo- this is why I love cricket, because someone comes up with a little uh, curl of an idea... And spins it into a beautiful little what, book. 300 pages worth. Yeah, yeah. you would be boring to sit next to in a long haul flight
3: crash? Only crack. a, cric- <laughs> only a
4: cricket nerd like you crash, cricket But, but I've been having trouble sleeping.
5: Can I take that home? Well, <laughs> seriously. As, as you were saying, Cal, well, can we get a close up of the cover I want to again? I don't know what
4: he's doing with his other hand. I don't yeah. really understand. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> it? Spins which
4: way he's facing,
3: I guess. <laughs> and even worse, it's a pop up book as well, so. <laughs> <laughs>
4: It is a
0: great book. I couldn't put it down. Last time I felt like that about a book was when I got this little beauty out. It's just another terrific read. Uh, microwave. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute page turner crash. Uh, love it. Go out and get it right now. All, and all good bookstores. All right, if Mitchell Stark is worried about uh, diving in the field, he should have a look at Leon Thomas. Uh, this is from The Weeknd. Uh, look at him it at, at finally. In he comes and... Whoop. There goes the leg. Uh, he's oh. playing with the England Physical Disabilities rep and he hops, gets the ball and throws it in. That is wow. magnificent.
2: Wow. Well, Liam Thomas was born without half of his leg, but it's never stopped him from doing anything and that uh, he hits everything with great gusto. And, and like, did he, the last person worried about his leg was him there. Yeah. See, yeah. Get up, throw it, great commitment. I mean, uh, that clip has actually more done more for disabled cricket than anything in the last 20 years. Really? Oh, absolutely. Good to see People really a the leg them. for once as well.
0: <laughs> That's right. You have see that much before. And there's all
2: the silly jokes on Twitter about fine leg, he's fielding place and all that, but
0: everyone admires him. He's a It was good brilliant. Absolutely play. brilliant. All right, here's just a couple of specky catches, just because I want to show them to you. I think this is Traps head first up. Uh, they're caught in bowls, both of them. Look at that. Anytime the ball has gone past you, it's like one of those classic Mark Wall catches and slip, the ball's past, and then Ooh. grabs it. Since this is basically just the umpire saying, I'm very, very happy that he snatched it. Have a look, another close look. (laughs) Boom. Do love it. Doesn't matter what uh, grade of cricket, there is some great fielding going on out there. All right, the uh, Aussie look good. Aussies look good in the Four Nations, but I think the best matchup so far has been Malmeninga v Wayne Bennett. Hoops, has this little feud jumped out of
5: nowhere or has it been cooking along for some time? It's been simmering beneath the surface tone for 12 months, and don't worry about Jason Taylor and Robbie Farrell, or Steve Hanson and Michael Checker more recently in terms of trading verbal barbs. This is front row, as good as you will get, ringside crash. That column from Malman Meninga, brilliant, absolutely cutting and did not pull a punch. But, but what's he saying? He's saying, A, that he thinks that Wayne Bennett wanted that
0: job, wanted the Australian job, and he's kept, you know, throwing the barbs at him, that he's never rated him as a coach.
5: So there's those kinds of accusations, aren't they? The background to it is, Tony, that absolutely Wayne wanted that job. And Wayne was fuming when John Grant and the Australian Rugby League Commission opted to give it to Mal Meninga instead, to the point where I've been told that Wayne actually criticised Mal quite heavily directly to John Grant, which he has then also relayed in turn to our now national coach. So, Crash, you're up there in Queensland. How's it been received up there? Initially, I was shocked
2: because uh, Mal Meninga was Wayne's... Uh, sorry, Wayne was Mal Meninga's first mentor at the Queensland Police Academy, yeah. but they fell out when Wayne left Canberra, yep. where Mal was, It was thought to be a difference of how they thought the Australian job should be structured. Mel wanted big money but said, I'll do everything, I'll coach juniors and act as an ambassador. Bennett says, no, 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 I'll do it for this, small money, but I'll just be the coach. But it's very bitter. I'm actually a bit worried about Wayne uh, Hoops. Is he the man... Like, he's had a really tumultuous year and it is absolutely confirmed. He did bag Mel. And Mel takes that tremendously personally because it's all he's got. He's saying, you know... If you're not a decent coach, I mean, these are blokes who have known each other for 35
5: years. It's really sad. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Look, aside from this column and clearly the now very personal stoush that's going on between these two coaches, there's also a number of other significant rugby league figures up in Queensland who dislike Wayne. They think the super coach aura is a little bit of a myth Mm. and there's building momentum Mm. of the tide really turning.
2: That that, that column was three months in the making. It was not... That's well, right.
0: It that was a snap
5: decision. Yeah.
0: Well, if either of these job is in part to promote the game, just have a look at this. Because you know, when you're doing an interview and the conversation flows and you're really, naive, you know, you're getting the best out of someone. Well, this isn't what happened in this chat with the great man, Wayne Bennett. Wayne, you've only had a couple of weeks with the players. What's been the key focus for you with them?
5: Oh, just to get them to train really well.
0: And a view to the game and the tournament, what have been the messages you've been trying to get through to them?
5: Just to have some belief in themselves.
0: And Lomax at fullback ahead of Ratchford, what was the thinking there?
5: Uh, I just thought he does a couple of things that I like.
0: Good to play. A bit a bit. A bit. How good was that, Kel?
4: Well, look, I mean, England's obviously hired him because he is and has been seen for a long time as the master coach. But I find that a bit unacceptable because that is part of your job, mm. is, is not just to coach and not just to win, but to answer questions. You, As a senior coach like that, particularly of a national team, you're yeah. held is accountable to your players, but also to the fans. So England would have been excited. We've got this big name. He owes it to the fans to explain what's going on within the camp and and almost selling the tournament to some extent. He does. And in Brisbane, we get the grumpy
2: Wayne because he's had it for a few decades and Wayne's in a bad mood. Sometimes it's actually quite fun, Mm. that sort of Mm. Wayne. And you know that, Tony. You try and poke the bear. What can you get today? Much different if you're out there spreading the gospel. That's it. In a limited window which is one of your prime roles in that position. So it, th- that is unacceptable. It, and once again, I wonder where Wayne's headed is. What's well, look do he looks to do, though? He's going to break out into a song and
3: dance routine and do like a Seinfeld stand-up routine. He's there to win matches.
4: Yeah, but he's not there to be
5: entertaining in press conferences.
4: That's disrespectful. Hey, this what is he's doing is disrespectful. Well, He
5: comes across in that <laughs> environment as a cranky old narc. And, look, he can do it in the NRL when he's coaching the Brisbane Broncos, but if you take the head job of the England rugby league team, now, that's not a massive sport. Soccer is a superpower over there. Rugby league, it's dead set, 48 pages well, don't get Wayne inside the paper. Don't get Wayne Bennett to do it. Don't get no, another No, sorry, coach. but if you take that job... Yep, Part it, of the responsibility Hoops, is to promote
0: the uh, game.
4: It borderlines on disrespectful. And he would argue that the media is disrespectful. The media is just doing its job.
0: Yeah, he doesn't have to do the song and dance. He leaves that to somebody else. We've seen him twerking. Now Sam Friday has added a few more moves to his dance repertoire. This is just terrific stuff, Hoops. Outstanding. <laughs> he has Outstanding
5: gotten... use of the derriere,
0: Sam. We've seen, him
1: twer-
5: <laughs> we've seen him in the budgies there. You've got him um, in a little bit more kit. He does love to... Shake the booty. He's in a good place. He, you know where he is. He's where Fatty Vorton was
2: in the <laughs> 1980s. Yeah. Remember when Fatty used to write a column saying, "Bag and blokes saying today I'm naming the ten ugliest blokes in rugby league." No one took offence because he's regarded as a comedian. That's what he is now, like, people don't take offence at him for whatever he does. Do they? All right, it's coming up,
0: joke. Sally Fitzgibbons drops in. We've got Sebastian Vettel's had a meltdown in Mexico, and the football meltdown that led to a player's arrest. <laughs>
3: Migno's gonna get really, really tight here. Look, yeah, it was
5: Migno. Migno wipes out Guevara. Oh, oh massive right side. Jorge Martín and there's
0: oh, a few riders. 25. Oh, massive. Navarro. Massive, massive crash here the start
2: down of well. 3 Huge crash. There's uh, Nicolo Pudigri. He looks in some real pain. Now, break it down. Oh, wow, two riders. the track. Something's on the track yeah. here.
5: Yeah. Gone down as well. There were four or five riders gone down. I would put my life savings on there being all on the circuit there. Very much like it seized on him there, Navarro. Yeah, the way that spat him off, falling away. Hold
0: well, on today, has gone down now as well. But there's oh, there's another one. There's another.
3: His teammates have just gone down exactly the same spot.
0: about that action? That was from Moto3GP in Sipang. I think 14, only 14, actually, well, 14 didn't finish of the 31 who started. Phenomenal. That 17 went down in one little heap there. I know. It's probably the most amazing motorbike crash I've ever seen. I mean, Phenomenal. you know. Lots of action. There's plenty of action also in the, in the Formula One Mexican Grand Prix, which Jules knows your favourite, it was Sebastian Vettel, uh, particularly grumpy with the moves of Max Verstappen.
2: That is Sebastian Vettel, and that is a big lockup from Max Verstappen, and he goes wide, and Sebastian Vettel, as Verstappen goes onto the grass, might be able to come and take the remaining podium, place it.
1: Okay, give the position. I think you're going to have to give the position back, Max. Let me know. Okay, stay there. He has to let me go. He has to let me go. Okay, copy. Stay calm. No, it's not not
0: right. I don't stay calm. Oh, for sake. He's a That's what
2: he is. Keep your head down. Two laps. What the hell are you talking about? He cut the chicane! Charlie said uh, that... Charlie said... Yeah, you know what? Here's the message for Charlie. Off. Honestly.
0: (laughs) Off. <laughs> road Ro- Ro just random no old. So him. funny.
3: Uh, what a foul mouth <laughs> exchange that was on radio. <laughs> Even Kyle Sandlands was shocked. That's how bad it was. <laughs> uh, but yeah,
0: 하- imagine going on a long road trip with Vettel.
1: <laughs> <Very> <laughs> he's probably funny.
0: right. I mean, lo- there are a lot of people talking about Verstappen. He's only 19, but he's he over aggressive. Is. He? he is. He swipes more than warning on Tinder, he cuts <laughs> corners. He's,
3: he, he drives like a 19-year-old kid and he's always at the centre of some controversy. I, I, I kind of love him. He's great for F1. They need that type of drama. And uh, it was a great Mexican Grand
0: Prix. He was. Why do you like the Mexican Grand Prix so much?
3: You know I've told you this because I'm a huge fan of Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah, and go.
0: I, I'm so, I'm so <laughs> disappointed they don't name the circuit after him. <laughs> As we said, Vettel was obviously right about that call, but he also copped the penalty for moving under brakes on Daniel Ricciardo, which, again, was was the right move Uh for him, there they go. So it was all kind of shifted at the end, and obviously Ricardo, post the uh, the podium, he managed to get to the third place. Yeah, it was odd because um, Verstappen was in there ready to go on the podium. He got tapped
3: on the shoulder. You're out. Um, Vettel actually. He placed third and celebrated yep. with the champagne,
0: and then he was out, and Ricardo got third place. The only good news about him not being on the podium was we didn't see another shoey, which I think is probably overboard. All right, look, we saw earlier how Wayne Bennett was a tough interview. Well, our favourite sports executive, Bernie Eccleston, gives even when he's not trying. The
2: opportunity to
4: say a very happy birthday to you, Mr Eccleston. How are you?
0: Happy birthday. Oh, I said, why did we go inside and try and do something? We're, we're, we're not allowed to inside. There's two things I don't do for sure. Don't have
1: sex in the open or do
0: interviews. <laughs> right. And knowing Bernie Eccleston, <laughs> if he did have sex in the open, he'd charge you for it. <laughs> <laughs> to the A-League now where Melbourne City beat Adelaide and Bruno Fornaroli beat the goalkeeper with a classic paninka. This is always good look. Now, is that just showboating? No, the,
3: the, the longer you, you know, like, you, you, you watch that, he waits to see which way the goalkeeper uh, is going to go and just hits it down the middle. There was a mathematician, Tony, about... I think it was about 10 years ago, he did a scientific study of penalties and he found that the best place to put a penalty is right down the middle because goalkeepers... Did he are,
0: put this in a book with the guy with the front foot? the front foot.
3: Because goalkeepers are always going to move because they don't want to... Even though a goalkeeper can just stand there because it could come down the middle, they'll always try and dive one way or another, so more and more penalty takers are just hitting it Either hard or soft, straight down the middle. And
4: Fauna actually explained afterwards he watched the videotape of Eugene Galekovic during the week and noticed that on the penalties he was really quick to dive. So he had already pre—that was premeditated. All right. Well,
0: I can go wrong. Uh, I can go horribly wrong. You do have to hit, it. even if you're doing hitting it softly. Hit it harder than this, please.
4: Oh, don't you got to do
0: something? Always <laughs> <laughs> look fairly foolish. All right. To Aussies abroad and soccerer Tom Rogic came up with an absolute screamer. and was a winner for Celtic against Aberdeen in the Scottish Championship. This is the, two, the first touch to get the ball down, bang, and then the left foot is amazing.
3: He's probably the best our uh, best overseas player at the mo- moment, Tommy Rodgick. He's just... That's that's, uh, and they only won that game 1-0. He's scoring fantastic goals. He's probably better than Aaron Moy at the moment, which is a big call. And of course, Mark Viduca
4: was our last soccer that went
3: to Celtic and, and became a star in the Premier League. So I think Tommy Rodgick is on that
0: path
4: player of the match. I think he did the press conference afterwards and they're flying. Yeah,
0: the fans love him there too. All right, great stri- uh, strike from this bloke from the uh, Chilean League too, although it was nowhere near the ball. Uh, yeah, they, they got beat 4-1 one, one, so he one decided to just a little pop at the crowd oh. there, A little <laughs> swing. Doesn't actually hit him in the head. He gets the arm instead. bunker Oh! Uh, yeah, it's just all-, all friendly because he's arrested. Yeah, it was on a family day as well. <laughs> 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 he's been banned from attending sporting events for 20 days, including the ones he's involved in. Oh. Uh, 20
4: days? <laughs> I thought you were going to say 20 years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite that. Alright, uh, that was not a stylish as a work, of course, you're a member of Eric Cantona. Uh, he kind of went studs first. Yeah. I think Eric... Yeah, that was Eric, a Bruce Lee special. But that almost made him. He's starring in commercials. He's, you know, he's he's kind of... What, that was an uh, like a great moment in English sport. We've seen uh, ball kids refuse to give the pill back to opposing players. Well, it can be dangerous, especially if it's uh, Quentin Buonador... Is uh, from the Belgium Second Division. Look, not happy with the kid. Bonk. Lift you
3: guys. Oh, and he loves it. He plays
0: doubles with Nick Curios. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's great, isn't it? But you know, look, he. Uh, Lift. <laughs> 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 Love it. All right, to so AFL now and were you surprised with the news that Gary Ablett wanted a trade away from
4: the Gold Coast? Well, there were rumours around for the last, I guess, few months and um, he'd sort of previously knocked them on the head. But um, this has emerged. The Geelong Footy Club has confirmed that Ablett Ablett certainly... um, Came to them and, and, well, his manager sussed them out of the possible of a, a return and the Gold Coast Suns quickly said no to that. So this is a real problem for the club crash and also for the AFL because they've underperformed in their six years in the competition. They're yet to make the finals, of course. They had the whole drama with Carmichael Hunt, who left on a really bad note, and now their they're superstar, the face of the club, if he had the choice, wouldn't be there.
2: Yeah, I still reckon it was great for him going there. He came out of himself on the coast and became a... More of a leader and, you know, he was so closeted at Geelong, wasn't he? But, yeah, the heartstrings are big. What about captaincy, Kel? I mean, like... A guy who doesn't want to be at the club, you know, you'd have to worry future leadership positions because he's got a guy who's got to be pounding the pulpit, hasn't he? It's got to be under threat.
4: Yeah, it's a great point that you make. And then, you know, his teammates and fans, are they attending the game next year thinking, well, is is this his last year? Will he go back to Geelong to play his last couple of years? So it's not ideal for the club.
2: They'll get him Geelong next year. There's our prediction. This time next year, he'll take less. He'll take, say, 600 instead of a, a million. In,
0: and yeah. bang, snapped up. Once you cite the home, homesick thing, it's going to work out that way, isn't it, you think, in the end? All right, it doesn't look so good for the Cubs trying to break their 108-year World Series winning drought, although they've managed to grab a game back from the Indians who uh, they go back to Cleveland with a 3-2 lead in this best-of-seven series. There they are at Wrigley Field. The Cubs got the job double, eventually after losing the first two there. Ohio was a swing state in the election and
3: Cleveland have certainly come out swinging. There we go, I could be a journalist <laughs> with uh, <laughs> little flourishes like that. But uh, it's great because it's, uh, I think Chicago have only won like two World Series games at uh, Wrigley Field and that was the second one there. And Wrigley Field was named after William Rigby Jr., who was a chewing gum magnate. Um, unfortunately got executed on a holiday to Singapore, which just probably wasn't... <laughs> 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 Fans, Chewing that. gum! That <laughs> was a they're joke. Sentimental wasn't. Yeah, yeah, they they're
4: sentimental favourites. Everyone's saying Chicago, but so people forget about Cleveland. I mean, we, we were talking, i might have been the first or second episode this year that Cleveland hadn't won a, a major sports trophy in nearly 50 years and we're talking all sports and then LeBron did what he did, that superhuman block in Game 7 of the NBA Finals and they win their first ever NBA title. And then they could come out Cleveland Indians. So I think they've got the last two at last home. Last two at home.
0: So one out of that and, and they have which got is, it.
4: So that's a pretty good fairy tale as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, what about this? Uh, a seat's going at that game at Wrigley Field for 2295 This seat. <laughs> <laughs> that seat. <laughs> 2000, I mean, obviously when they're getting pumped, that's a good seat because you don't have to watch the torture of the team getting beaten. But how amazing is that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Love it. All right. I went and so. saw the BGS in Sydney and had a seat just like that. Oh, that back up, Sparky. Oh, come on, this is... The Bee Gees. This no, is our oh, no, 20 mean. years ago, but they were fantastic. <laughs> you you only had to hear it, you know. <laughs>
0: Like, We're back uh, on air. <laughs> <laughs> Are we on they have you know, they, made CDs these days, but you can just listen to it and not have to pay for the ticket to go and watch a ball. I'm sorry, I raised that. <laughs> in, in the NBA, Russell Westbrook has been a superstar for Oklahoma. I think it was a double, triple, or triple double. Uh, but he's genius. Look, it doesn't make everyone happy. Now check out the guy here. Look, whoop, whoop. he gives him a
5: double double. Uh, go back again. A big unit. Who
0: is actually?
4: He's ah, full time job is as a doctor.
5: He's not a proctologist, he...
4: is he? <laughs> 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 he? Guess what Westbrook said to him? Wow. He called him fat,
1: oh, no. so he
4: didn't like it. So, full-time job is a doctor, but he did say he's a bit of a part-time comedian, Jules, so
0: like <laughs> 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 to do that. What, what does that mean, like yourself? Like, three out of ten gags is yeah, fine. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's been generous, I'd say. <laughs> this could have been uh, one of the great big bloke surprise touchdowns, but, uh, look, it just the thing is, it doesn't quite work out the end. He gets the the ball through the steel, picks it up, away he goes... Oh, oh. <laughs> just fall, trips over the white line there and uh, down he goes... Boom! Simpson. Can't stay touchdown. upright, sadly. It's not a touchdown. Now, Eastern Michigan defensive lineman, uh, Kwani Figuaro, he gets the fumble there, he said there, but he's 284 pounds, whatever. I've known the conversion, but couldn't quite get there. That was how to butcher a certain touchdown. Here's how to gift one to the opposition. This was uh, Appalachian Southern. State attempting a field goal. The <laughs> oh. thing is, yeah, when you take the ball, you're supposed to be watching. And, oh. yeah... And as, you it, <laughs> as you'd expect, the nightmare turns into a touchdown at the uh, other end. All right, uh, this uh, is a great lead-in for this week's top five I-just-wasn't-ready moments. Number five. Look, it's the second half in this uh, hockey game just started. Sadly, the goalkeeper wasn't sure we're still in the dressing room. <laughs> 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 you know, like,
2: was I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. wasn't ready.
0: Number 4 the anthem this look, Prince William singing it beautifully sadly it wasn't his job was oh. <laughs> oh. hello. Hello. hello hello Everybody's singing uh, What's what? let's <laughs> go ready. ready Number 3 it's important to be ready oh. <laughs> Sorry, got hurt hurt it's not, it's not oh. me, it's a bloke and yellow there. Uh, he's all right. You've obviously got. I wasn't ready. Number two, this is from the German Bundesliga uh, a few years ago. Now, this is great. The keeper comes up, takes the penalty. He's so excited. He celebrates with everybody. Does the whole lap round round and round and round for about five minutes. Sadly, the other team, while he's doing it, takes the kick off. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: wasn't ready. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> oh, it's a goal. goal And this is the best uh, look. Look at this, Blake. He's ready to go down on both knees. Oh, wait! Oh, I
3: wasn't ready! <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a that fair girl, call. They all play. fall <laughs> <laughs> uh, this yeah. is Five Coming up, Sally Fitzgibbons joins us right here in the studio. Sports star, of course, I'm about Sally Fitzgibbons. Welcome
1: to the show. Thank you, thank you, Tony.
0: So much to get to you to talk uh, about what's going on in your life, uh, in your career. But first, we have to start giving us the story of the day. Melbourne Cup, uh, did you watch it? Did you win?
1: This you was go? my year. Uh-huh. I was going to back the winner mm-hmm. and I was cheering at my home. Heartbreak City, I was yeah. onto it. Trent's lucky number. So I was like, this is it. And then I have cheering and I thought we won. I was cheering for the wrong coloured silk. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Heartbreak City was in the navy, not the yellow. I was pumped. I was so
0: pumped. That may have been what happened to the people who own Heartbreak City. Did you see them? I'll show you again. Because this is exactly the same kind so you of cheering. you were celebrating the same way. Yeah. I
1: did. This was me. This is you. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> I like swearing in Gaelic now. Right?
1: Sure. Oh, you've
4: been on the tour for about eight years and you've had a couple of close finishes, but I'm not imagining that you finish the year celebrating like that. Oh, this makes me think twice about second. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I thought
1: it was so close to the wind, what you, but How many seconds have you had? Oh, I've been runner up to the, world well, title three times, yeah. but. I've had a lot of seconds and you think, oh, this is so close, but <laughs> I want to do this. <laughs>
0: positive. Can we just... A, a couple of things that are obviously going on right now with you. you had the gala dinner, the celebration of Australian uh, women, which is just such a great idea. Why was it important for you and what came out of that night for you?
1: Oh, it was just awesome, you know, to have 52 years of women's surf history and we never get to uncover these stories, just to uncover those stories for our generation that have never heard them and never really had the opportunity to and... Like, did you know our Aussie World Chair Pauline Menza? She used to like buy ten pair of Levi jeans in the States, travel around, and then on sell them for a profit to get her accommodation. Yeah. And wow. then, and then she started with jeans, and then she brought bikes. I don't know how she was doing.
3: It. I put like, my pants on eBay after every show to sell them off. that minus? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: It blew me away. It was just insane. So there was those laughs and tears, and um, yeah, I thoroughly just enjoyed my whole experience. Most, um, I guess, athletes do this
4: sort of um, extra work that you're doing, and work that a lot of athletes just leave alone. But they do it at the, when they're winding down their career. Lane Beachley started her Beachley Classic, and or they do it after. You're in the middle of your career. You're what 25. What? Why are you taking on this extra work now?
1: I think I just have the energy and inspiration to do it now and, and just while I'm current to connect to this generation that's coming through and um, yeah, it's really helping me take, like, I go to training and I'm inspired after the eight years on tour I feel like I'm just starting and uh, I think that's important and um, just to fulfil like, some of those visions I've had and, and um, pay back to the sport that's, that's given me so much.
5: What about the newly crowned champs, Alan, your great rival, Tyler Wright? Am I right? She's moved to your hometown. So how does this work? Why is she picked... You're from the tiny little south coast town of Jeroa. Why she has got all of Australia to...
1: Oh, I think she's jumped the queue as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's taking this title. And, uh, no, I don't think uh, she gets enough of me on tour or something. Uh, Jeroa's quite small and, and inchless, so every day she reminds me. No, we're, we're battling away, and it's, it's good rivalry. It's healthy, and uh, it's good to see the title home in Australia, though. Good honour.
3: Sally, obviously you're obviously world champion surfer. You've got business interests. You know, you're very smart. But one thing I didn't expect reading one of your books, you're, you're a regional chess champion. <laughs> is
1: this, is this yeah, right? How good is chess? <laughs> chess is <isn't nice. laughs> I thought Crash was nerdy going
3: to
5: see the Bee Gees. <laughs> Tell me you've introduced it. Trent to
1: chess. <laughs> 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 I tried to, his
5: patience <laughs> Where did you develop a love
1: of, of oh, my, chess? My old man, my dad loved chess and um, and then because I played a lot of soccer too he, he it was like Mr Miyagi for me He's like sit down and focus, this is like a soccer field and um, and I learned a lot of patience but in that regional champs I was I did the calculations and I was the champion but I didn't get the, the trophy they said I'd come with yeah. like it and and I went after it. I, <laughs> I still, to this day, I think, oh, I was a little competitive. I was like, did the calculations, took it to him, and I got I my trophy.
2: Sally, so is it a right good there. point Hoops alluded to, wasn't it? Like, you're going out with Trent Merrin, the rugby league player. Be honest. Just because you can beat him in chess, that's it. Isn't
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, he's uh, it's amazing. They're over in uh, in Europe, so I was I was cheering home the the horse for it, us. He
0: played well the other day. Look and at this, I love flying. this. Uh, mm. you no, know, even though he was a former Dragon Europe team, he's but uh, he's gone to Panthers. Board. He's looking Jack really good.
1: Yeah, I think that. But I taught him everything I know. Okay. Like, <laughs> like everything he knows is like. Is, uh, it's good to see him really good enjoy his time in the in the green in the and the gold. And for for J-K both of us, it's just that's a really special feeling. It's. It's. It's just a proud moment, and I. You know, we raced each other home. I was in Europe and, and he got home from uh, from Perth just for a couple of days and we are just like looking at the jersey and just in awe and uh, it's just, yeah, really sentimental. With well, those
0: great moves, obviously, he put on on the field. He's also pretty good at them off the field. I don't know if you've seen this video. This is amongst the players. Uh here oh, he is. dance move. What the hell? And again, oh, you yeah.
4: taught
1: him everything. Yeah. Oh, I don't he, know, this... When you're on the dance
0: floor, does he kind of leave you and just do his <laughs> own race? Well, I, I
1: got the call up um, from, you know, it's pretty quiet. It's pretty sleepy here, we're not doing much. (laughs) This is a different story. (laughs) Maybe a new warm-up routine, I'm not
0: sure. It's good, isn't it? There he goes. He is looking very good uh, at Turan. I can't wait to see both of you on the dance floor. Talk us through the International Beach Festival.
1: Uh, Oh, for sure. It's an exciting time. Um, The team and I at Fitzgibbons International had the vision to create an event just to celebrate Aussie beach culture. Everything I love about it, and um, so we hero the surf event, and it's one of the uh, the the biggest in the world. So we have from grassroots, like from the little grummies, all the way through to the uh, to the elite pros, and uh, we're actually for the first time, it's quite unique. We've got um, we're sharing the stage with the Iron Women as yeah. well, and then we have uh, the Fun Run, the the most spectacular uh, you know street run through uh, through Cronulla and the Shire, and the Ocean Swim, the Nippers. So... Plenty for everyone and just that real community-minded event.
0: You, you talk about, you know, wanting to see little kids get involved in surfing. You mentioned the Grommies. Now, my, my uh, six-year-old now, he's doing nippers. Is he a natural enemy to the Grommies already or is that okay?
1: No, no, it's about doing everything. I no. was a little nipper when I was about five or six and just to get those ocean skills as Aussies. We're on the coast all the time, so it's really important. You mentioned
4: when you were a nipper, you were a talented athlete, middle distance runner, a bit of soccer, could have... Done anything.
3: Chess, I don't forget. Chess. <laughs>
4: women's sport's about to take off. I think next year on Free to Wear and Pay TV, we're going to have a national, um, we've got the soccer obviously going, the AFL, there's Big Bash. If you could have your time over again, is there a sport that you would pick?
1: Oh, that's a tough question, Kel. It's great to feel the, the you know, that whole momentum for, for women's sport. Uh, I did, I was really inspired by the uh, the, the Rugby Sevens, the Olympics, and and also um, a lot of the group playing for the Matildas, I grew up playing schoolgirls with them. So one of those. And, and then for the solo sport, I go the running. The running, it's, uh, it's the ultimate.
0: All right. Whatever you did, I'm sure you'd excel in. Thank you so much. Good luck with all of the pursuits that you're undergoing at the moment. You're doing a great job.
1: Uh, thank you so much. We'll see everyone down at Cronulla this week. Absolutely.
0: Sally Fitzgibbons, what a legend, coming up. Our champ of the week.
1: Four-legged woman,
4: four-legged woman
0: Former Melbourne star David Schwartz had some great moments in footy. From memory, none got the reaction from his first hole in one. I can't see it.
2: Can't see it.
0: (laughs) Yeah! You know, that's a
3: hole in one, though. I mean, hole in ones—you want to see the ball drop and the cheat. That's that's just like some middle-aged guys in a golf cart in, in the am I'm, I'm questioning. You're a tough school.
2: I'm you're saying a the opposite. I'm saying it's a bigger thrill when you're uncertain than when you find it. You suddenly turn into an Irishman who's run second in the cup. <laughs> <laughs>
5: well, on the At The
0: That was clever. Uh, but does it beat this? We had some trick shots last week. Guys, right, look at this, uh, Jules. Look at that. Oh, Smack! It's silky. It's not. We that's no. That you can't bag that, Jules. <laughs> that's not that impressive. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm still not impressed. to
3: the Singapore. We need John too.
0: Daly and the waitress from Hooters. Isn't <laughs> that <they? laughs> what we usually play? That's what we <laughs> usually play. All right, look, uh, I like this little kid's golf commentary. Have uh, we got that? This is simple and honest.
5: <laughs>
0: Whoa. That <Dad> scaled me. <laughs> Whoa. That scaled me. It scared me. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. (laughs) All right, sadly, uh, that takes us straight to the champ of the week. How can you go past young Aussie Rhiannon Ifland, who's the Red Bull World... Cliff diving champion. She was a wild card at the season start. She's won five of the seven events, including this one, the final event in Dubai. She's from beautiful Nord's Wharf at the south end of Lake Macquarie in Newcastle, so she's got to be a good person. Made the podium every event. What a champion. She is our champion of the week. Sally, that's where we have to leave you. Thank you all so much. I hope you had a great cup day. I hope you enjoyed the show. See you next week. Bye
2: bye. (laughs)
5: This has been a production of Fox Sports.